He wanted a goal. He didn't just want to play well. He didn't just want to win the game. He wanted a goal. It screamed through his body language. I've been watching this extraordinary athlete his entire career up close in the NHL, in international play. I know what he's thinking by how he moves, and he wanted a goal. Good morning to you, Pittsburgh. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday, but not too many of them follow an event like the one here last night in New York. Penguins 4, Rangers 3, and triple overtime. And Evgeny Malkin got that goal. And he worked for it. And don't be that hockey fan, that casual, passive, tune-in-to-talk-radio hockey fan who falls for the nonsense that after three Stanley Cups, after everything that he's achieved in Pittsburgh, from the team standpoint, from the individual standpoint, from the MVP to the scoring title, that he somehow, some way, lacks motivation. Don't do that. Because when you do, this is what'll happen. This performance, this was not just about crashing Igor Shesterkin's crease and waiting and hoping that John Marino would shoot that puck the way he did from the right point. And then deftly redirecting it in with the shaft of his stick. This wasn't just about that. He did this all night. He was carrying a line that needed to be carried at times. Yeah, he made a couple of turnovers. He'll do that. He's trying to make great plays, as great players will do. Don't confuse that with not caring. I asked Gino after the game to just take me through the moment that had just occurred out on that ice. Uh, I think all team uh, feel like good right now. I mean, like uh, we like we play physical, like hard game, and like. Uh, we give credit to New York team as they like play unbelievable too. Like we like, we know it's not easy like tonight. And uh, again, like uh, fans unbelievable here. Like have fun play here. That sounds to you like somebody who doesn't care. Hmm. That's 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 what that sounds like. Here's what Mike Sullivan had to say about Gino after that. Oh, I think he's. Uh... I think he's driven. You know, I think he's a he's a driven athlete. He's. You know, he sees the opportunity that we have in front of us. You know, he sees the team that we have uh, and, the, and the capability of this group. And I think he's excited about it. And, uh, you know, my, the way I know Gino, he's, uh, he plays his best when the stakes are high. And, and, you know, he's proven that over and over again. And, and I think his, you know, his, his, the, the, the career that he's built to this point speaks for itself. You know, he's a, he's a generational talent. Um, you know, he's a guy when you watch him play, I think he's one of those guys that when, when he gets on a big stage like this, you know, he, he doesn't, it doesn't phase him. 
you know, he has a certain composure, he has a certain confidence in himself and the team, um, you know, and, and, and he wants to win. He's just, a, he's a fierce competitor. He wants to win. And so I, I just, uh, I can't say enough about, about the, the core group that's here and, and the leadership and, and, you know, the, how driven they are. And I, I just think, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're an inspired group. And, uh, you know, they inspire us as their coaching staff. I'll tell you that. Driven. That's what he called him. Driven. And that's, that's just about right. Because he did a big part of the driving in this particular game. Not just at the end. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. It's not going to stop, by the way. People are not going to stop talking about uh, blowing up the core, going through a total rebuild, And every single time something happens bad to the Penguins, even when it's just rotten luck, it's somehow on 71. Yeah, if we just get rid of him, we'll be able to start fresh and have everybody just go along with everything and it'll all be great. Get a bunch of system players, guys who will just run through cement walls. To get to that four check or to, I don't know, scare the other team or bully the other team or whatever everybody seemed to be thinking in the first period. Being competitive. And this doesn't just go for Gino. This goes for the whole group, for the head coach and everything else. Being competitive and having that spirit about you means never taking your eye off the goal. It means being focused on one objective, and it's a universal one, and that's to win the game. So as frustrating as it is, and I'm sure that it legitimately is, especially to people who followed hockey for a long time and are used to seeing, at least from back then, responses to the kind of runs and hits the Rangers were taking. Ryan Reeves was just knocking people all over the first period. And I'm sure everybody's wishing that he was right back in black and gold so that Mike Sullivan could just scratch him or sit him on the bench. Where was Reeves after the first period? Oh, he played. Where was he? What impact did he have on the game? Where did the Rangers' physicality go? Where did the nastiness go? Hmm? It disappeared. First, when Jake Gensel scored and and the Penguins tied the game and took the lead and kept playing and just kept playing and playing, playing, playing until the game was really, really long. What the Rangers have to show for all those hits and all that macho-ness and the way they had the crowd all revved up, who was more tired in the sixth period? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the team that just focused non-stop on playing the game, even after the really lousy hit by Ryan Lindgren. 
that knocked Ricard Raquel out of the game in the first. They just kept playing. They just kept playing. And at the end of the night, as I'm walking out of Madison Square Garden and up 8th Avenue to find some place that's open all night to grab something to drink before I got around to writing and then recording this podcast, I saw a lot of unhappy faces. And I'll bet they were really, really happy in the first period, right? Gino's been a central part of that for a decade and a half, as has Sidney Crosby, who was magnificent in both of his setups of Gensel, as has Chris Letang, who might have been, if you really, really, really break it down, the single most effective player on the rink for either team, shy of Shesterkin. Those three have been doing this for a long time, individually and together, questioning them and questioning their resolve and questioning their makeup. Any of the three, including Gino, but I should say especially Gino, since he really seems to get the brunt of it, is only going to make you, pardon my bluntness here, look and sound like you just learned about hockey a week ago. He's a special player, still in a special time for this franchise. Yes, still on that count as well. When we come back, J1Q that you won't want to miss. Today's J1Q is, as promised, something special because I've got a bunch of them here, all on the same subject. And I'm going to start because it's all about the hit on Raquel. Orlando Clark asks, will there be a suspension? If so, how long? George Vukovic asks, what is the point of claiming that there's a rule when it's ignored so consistently? If you're not going to enforce these, why the charade? Daniel Andrzejewski asks, player safety? And my favorite one came from my friend Mike Darnay, who sends a photograph of Lindgren probably about eight inches off the ice, meaning the blades of his skates, not the boots. The blades are a full eight inches off the ice as his arm slash shoulder makes direct impact, direct impact with Raquel's head. And Mike writes, no cue, just going to leave this here. This is how this league operates. All you ever need to know about the NHL is that This hit occurred in the world's most famous arena and on ESPN and in full view of the hockey world. And this league had an opportunity in the moment to take a valid headshot penalty and let it resonate throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
because players do watch the games when they aren't playing. Sidney Crosby himself had told us early yesterday morning that it was fun to just kind of relax. They got here the night before in New York and you know, turn on the TV in the hotel room and just check out some of the action. And he was aware of a couple of the more noteworthy events and controversial calls. Players see this stuff. This league, this group of dinosaurs, these fossilized imbeciles watched this play on a review after the officials on the ice got the call correct in full speed in live action right in front of their eyeballs and said, huh, major? No, let's make it a minor. No, wait. But if we make it a minor, what do we call it? Not going to call it a a charge. He didn't really charge. Well, yeah, he did kind of as Mike Darnay's photo that he sent me proves. Let's call it roughing. Roughing? Well, that's not roughing at all. In your worst definition of, of roughing as a penalty, it wouldn't be that. They just winged it. They looked for anything they could do to reduce it from a major to a minor. Not because they're based in New York, not because they love the Rangers, not because they hate the Penguins or any of that silliness. Because they have no idea what they're doing, that's part one, and because their default mode is always, always, always to think of the attacker rather than the victim. How can we be fair to the attacker? That's their entire suspension process. That's why they only have a hearing with the person who committed the act and never the one who was at the wrong end of it. Think about that. That's what this league is, and it is a beep-me-out-here joke. This league is a joke. I couldn't care less if the Rangers are with or without Ryan Lindgren's services. Please don't misunderstand this. He's not impacting this series in any legal way for the duration of it. He's not that special. But this this it hurts the game and it hurts the participants raquel there's no way he's not concussed and we don't know about degrees of concussions you know we've seen you know people bounce right back uh, legitimately so and get cleared and get back to full activity and physical contact and we also seen people lose their careers over it and these dopes Watching this on this monitor, thought to themselves, nah, let's reduce it. Let's do that because that would be the thing that helps hockey and helps hockey players. If I go much further here, <laughs> it's it's going to stop being a family show. So I'll end it. Uh, he is not, to answer one of the questions that I read off, going to get suspended. You're not going to see a major penalty reduced to a minor by the league office and then have another portion of the league office, meaning the Department of Player Safety, which does not make this rule, by the way. This is a replay thing. You're not going to see them fly in the face of another league decision and overturn it. You won't see a suspension. You won't even see a fine. That's That's... 
the NH of L for you. I appreciate all the questions, and I don't mean to turn a positive into a negative here, but man, that one, that really resonates. We will have another Daily Shot of Penguins tomorrow in advance of Game 2. 